0: The question we're going to ask this afternoon is this, your own personal Jesus, question mark, can God be whoever you want him to be? I think lots of people would uh, imagine that that's the case or would maybe suggest to us that that's what the case should be, that who who, who can say who God is or what God is like, that really we ought to be able just to say, well, this is my thought. I think God is like this or I think God is like that and somehow you can uh, mash them all together uh, and just take it from there. In some ways, that sounds quite reasonable, doesn't it? God is so much bigger than us, beyond us, we would imagine. Who of us could ever say, I, I know exactly what God is like? It seems fairly reasonable then to say, well, let's just see what we think then and, and make the best of whatever pooled ignorance or pooled wisdom uh, we can make up. But maybe we can think a bit more uh, clearly about it this afternoon. just want to start by saying that the, the idea of trying to work things out, it really is a good thing. It is a very human thing to do. You sit down with a, a, a child, you give them a toy, some, some will just play with it, but others will say, uh, right, okay, so the wheels come off here, uh, and how do I take this thing apart? And you want to open it up and see how it all works. And that really is a, a human instinct within all of us, isn't it? Maybe you've, you've been to a restaurant, you had a meal, and you think, I wonder how they made the sauce. You know, I wonder what's gone into that. And you might want to, or maybe you wouldn't but if, if you were interested in that, you might want to ask someone, well, how did you do that? I, I didn't recognize the flavor that was in that. And they say, well, it was, it was creamed tarragon. You probably can't cream tarragon. But they would say something and think, right, okay, I've worked that out and I can uh, use that in my own cooking or whatever it might be. It is a very human thing to want to look at something and say, how does that work? How do these things fit together? Or to beyond that, to think about life, And to say, well, well, how does it all all hang together? How do I live successfully in this world? We've got brains, we want to think things through, we weigh up different options, we come to our conclusions. And and all of us are doing that. Some are very interested in some things, some in other things, but but all of us, in one way or another, would would look at life and look at things and say, I want to understand it. I want to be able to handle it, and I want to be able to, to make things of it myself. We are, generally speaking, very uh, very creative beings. If you take the Bible as your reference point, then that's a very understandable thing to to observe in human beings because the Bible tells us we're made in the image of God. Or another way of translating that is to say we're made as the image of God, that when God created people, it was so that they might reflect him in the world. Sometimes you hear people talking uh, about scientists who have made great advances I was trying to think what it was. It was on the news uh, a week or so ago, the the creation of of life, of cells that can divide, and they've put DNA in, and they've created the first uh, created thing from a human perspective. And one of the criticisms was, well, these people are playing God. Uh, And we know what that phrase means, and we know that it can be used very negatively, uh, and maybe properly in, in, in that case. But it is a factor about human life in this world that the Bible says we are meant in a limited sense, in a qualified sense, we are meant to, to play God, and that's what he's put us in the world to do, to use the resources of the world, to be creative in the world, not to claim that we ourselves are God, but to be reflective of him as those who are, who are made in his image. So when you then take that and say, we're to look at life, we're to think through things, we're to work out how things work and so on, and how to put things together, well, it doesn't seem too, too wrong maybe to say, Well, you can just make up your own idea of of God then. You're looking and saying, how does does life fit? How do we work these things together? Well, isn't it just an extension of that same process to say, well, I'll come up with my own idea of God? Well, there there are some problems with that. I want to look at a couple of those now. The first thing is this. When we use our creative instincts and abilities and so on, we always bring to the table our own desires, our own interests, our own agenda. And those desires, those interests, those agendas, generally speaking, are directed in, in one way more than in other ways. They are directed towards ourselves. If we were being honest about ourselves, we might say, no, those desires, they are, they are corrupted, that they are biased towards us, so that we try to arrange life, we try to, try to understand it and try to, uh, to put things in place that favor us more than they might favor other people. We do try to be kind. We do try to be considerate towards others. Uh, I'm sure all of us would say that oh, that's part of how we live in this world. But generally speaking, if, if something is to be sorted out, well, I'll try and sort it out so that it, it makes me feel comfortable or it makes me feel uh, that, that I'm in a place that is, that is good for me uh, to be. And what that sometimes means is that other people are damaged and other people get hurt in the process. There's a, a fascinating book in the Old Testament called the Book of Judges, One of the notes that runs through that book is that there was no king in Israel at that time. And it says that everybody did what was right in their own eyes. And you might think that sounds pretty ideal. Everyone can do what's right in their own eyes. That's that's one of the things that we're being told today. You know, if it feels good, do it. You're number one and you've got to go with with however you feel inside. Uh, And that will lead you to satisfaction, the expression of yourself and so on. You make it up as you go along. But when you read the book of Judges... When everyone was doing as they wanted to, when everyone did as they felt right, it was an absolute nightmare. You wouldn't have wanted to live in that society. It was like, it was like EastEnders, but a hundred times worse. It was just terrible that the pain, the, 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 the discord amongst the people of Israel and so on, because they were just doing whatever they thought, looking at a situation and saying, I'll do what I think's best, but generally the best was, well, what will suit me? what will promote my own interest in this situation to the exclusion of others. When you then apply that to, well, if we, if we were to just say, okay, let's make up our own ideas of God, would I come to the conclusion of a God who suited you? Or would I design a God who probably suited me best of all? I think probably the second rather than the first. The latter rather than the former would be, would be the case in that. He would be a God who served me and my needs. He wouldn't be a God who interfered with my behavior. If I felt, well, no, that behavior, whatever others think of it, that behavior will suit me fine, then I would create a God who would never challenge that kind of behavior. If I felt it was right to steal from the government, I wouldn't create to my mind a God who said, you shall not steal from anyone, including the government. That my, my vision of God would, would suit me. And my vision of God would say that he would equip me of any wrong that I may have done in the eyes of others, but he would then hold other people accountable for what they did to me. It would always work out in in my direction. If I was to choose what I wanted God to be, my pleasure would be to the max, and other people's situation would be limited and controlled. So that's the first problem in saying, well, can't we just say God is who I think he should be? Well, if, if, if it was possible for us to, to make up a God in, in, in that kind of way, well, we know that you, you'd have anarchy. You'd, in, in a sense, end up with a kind of spiritual anarchy. We'd all have a God who suited me but didn't really suit everyone else because that's the way we tend to, to go about things. The second thing I want to say about this is, is, is this point, that our ability to, to work out who and what God should be is limited. In all sorts of areas in life, we have to say, no, we, we've got to work with what is an established truth that we can't overturn. I could say to you this afternoon, um, uh, the water cycle. I've got an idea for how it works. There's, there's, a, there's a kind of giant being outside of the, uh, the Earth's atmosphere. And when it's eaten, its breath gets very hot indeed. And actually around the Earth, you can't see it, but there's, there's like a glass Dome. In fact, I might even point you to the Bible and say there's, there's some kind of support for that in the Bible, in the, in the first chapters of Genesis, if you kind of twist it a little bit. But that's my idea. There's a, there's a glass dome around the world and there's this invisible to our telescopes kind of being out there. But when he's had a meal, his breath gets very, very hot and he breathes on the glass dome. And that's where the clouds come from. It's the condensing of, of, of his breath. And it's not really to do with the seas and the sun uh, uh, and evaporation and so on. That's an interesting idea that someone came up with years ago, but I I just don't find that idea something to go with. I I, I think it's much rather the case that there is this creature out there breathing on this glass dome. Now, if I was to say that this afternoon, you'd probably think, he's got a future in books. Well, that would be nice, uh, but you probably wouldn't want to buy them because they'd be pretty useless. But you'd look at me and say, it doesn't work like that. It really doesn't. We do understand. It's a given. There are certain laws of nature that are in play all the time if I was to say to you that, well, you, you might think that, but I, I, I don't, you know, the reason we don't float off into the sky is because we're all wearing shoes. It's nothing to do with the force of gravity. It's because we're always wearing things. And you might say, well, when you get out of the bath, where do, where do you go then? But, you know, I'd, I'd probably come up with some other reason. It's because you've had your dinner and there's weight inside. But there are natural things that you look at and you say that there is a settled truth that we've got to work with, however inventive we might be. I don't know if you've read Terry Pratchett's Disc world novels. I haven't, but I gather it's... Is the world balanced on the back of a giant turtle or something of that nature? I'm looking around in case anyone's read those. No? Okay, we'll go away and research that. But, you know, that, that's fine for a novel. But if you sat him down and said, Terry, what, what kind of world do we live on? He would say it's, it's a sphere, and it's in, it's, in the, it's in the universe, and it's going around the sun. And so he would come up with that which we know, that which is settled and accepted truth. When we say, well... I'm going to make up a God however I think he should be. One problem is that we will always tend to be selfish in the way that we do that. Uh, And the second problem about it is this. The question of God is to do with truth. Now, if if by when you use the word God, you mean, well, I'm just talking about a private, uh, in my own mind, understanding or concept uh, that's going to help me get by in the world, then, well, maybe it doesn't matter what you you think. Uh, John Lennon in one of his songs famously once said, God is a concept by which we measure our pain. That's what you mean by the word God. Well, you might be able to work with that and and no one else is going to be necessarily harmed by that. But if there is a God or if there are gods, just to to broaden it out for a moment, and if the reality of the universe depends upon that God or those gods, then we can't expect to make things up for ourselves, can we? It is, in a sense, saying, well, there are laws of nature. And if you're willing to accept that maybe the world has been made by a God or gods then we can't just say, well, we, we can make that up. We are dealing there with some kind of order of truth and some kind of settled uh, reality, much like the laws of nature, gravity, uh, the, the, the water cycle, how the world is for, uh, goes around the sun and, uh, and how everything holds together. Those things uh, happen for a, a reason, not because someone once said, I think it should be like this. Because Galileo says, well, I, I think actually the world is round and it's circling It didn't happen because someone observed that. Someone observed it because it was already happening and in place. So two problems with saying, well, God can be whoever we want him to be. The first is, well, we would always tend to make the wrong choices to suit us and not to suit other people. The second thing is that if if there is a God or gods really there who who are directing things in this universe, who have some kind of control or, or some kind of interest in how things are set up, then we are dealing with, with something which is before us. And something which is bigger than us and outside of us. And if there is that kind of reality, then none of us could ever say that we've we've got it in its entirety. Because we are we're derived, aren't we? We're derivative. We're, we're not bigger than that. We, we, we exist within the confines of that. So those I think are two important things to to think of this afternoon if you're thinking well i think we should be able just to make up whatever idea of god we want to do and it won't hurt anyone and it'll just make me get by happier if i just keep it within my own mind well fair enough to us to a degree but in terms of how we engage with one another we we will always try and have a god who justifies our own behavior who, who sorts things out to suit us and the second thing is is that is that really handling truth well is that what you do in other things in life I'm not saying I think that's how the water cycle works, this great big, uh, I had quite a bit of fun thinking about how I could um, come up with something strange. But I honestly really believe it is to do with the sun and the sea heating up and the, the evaporation, the condensing and all that. I think that's probably really true. It's being proved and it's observable and so on. Well, we are in the realm of dealing with, with observable, settled truth. Surely if there is a God or gods for us to, uh, to deal with and to handle. So that leads me to the last thing I want to say. If we can't make it up or figure it out for ourselves, where do we go from there? If we know, well, if we were to pool all our all our thoughts, that we'd end up with some kind of argument because I'd want this God to suit me, you'd want him to suit you, and so on. And if we're willing to be humble enough to say, actually, if there really is a God there, he's going to be so much bigger than me that I, I surely cannot get hold of the whole of the reality of who he is. I can't, with my own finite mind, come up with the definitive answer on that one. Where does that leave us? Where do we go from there? Do we just have to accept we're always going to be confused on this subject? Well, the Bible makes some very interesting claims on that. And two things it it says I want to uh, bring before you this afternoon. I'll I'll take a cue from one of the letters in the uh, New Testament, the letter of John, but you'll find these two uh, issues being spoken about uh, throughout the Bible, and especially uh, coming to a, a real uh, expression in the New Testament, the first thing is this. that The Bible tells us that truth is settled, that there is a given reality of God. The Bible never really explains God to us. It just tells us that God is. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's saying when, when things started, he was already there as a settled reality. In the beginning, God was. And God always was. The letter I'm referring to in the New Testament, it's the first letter of John, begins with these words, very similar to the opening of the book of Genesis and the opening of the Gospel of John as well, for that matter. That which was, John says, from the beginning. He says that there was something there right at the very start. And that's one of the claims that the Bible makes, that we're not left in a position where we've got to come together and say, do we think there's a God or not? And if there is a God, what's he going to be like? What sort of ideas have we got? It's saying to us, way before we were, there was a reality existing, and that reality is God himself, that which was in the beginning. It doesn't say that which, that which began at some point way back when. When the beginning is designated, God already was there. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth that which was from the beginning. In all those statements, the Bible is saying, where you put the starting point, there was a reality, a fixed, settled, concrete reality of God at that point. It's one of the important things, I think, that the Bible tells us. God is there, that there there is a settled truth that can be found and can be known. Now, that reality about God, the Bible tells us he's, he's seen in the things that he makes. And you can tell certain things about him just by looking around you. Some of the great scientists have done us a great favour in that sense. They've, they've laid down a really good example for us. Those who've worked out, the world is, is round and it spins around the sun. That's that the universe or, or our galaxy is not geocentric, it's heliocentric. The sun is at the middle, we go around it rather than everything else going around us. They, they've shown us, what should you do? You, you look and you observe. And the Bible says if you look and you observe the world and the universe as we can see it, it says you, you can discover certain things about the God who was there in the beginning, certain of his invisible qualities, the fact that he is eternal, the fact that he is powerful, the fact that he is wise and knowledgeable in, in creating all these things. The Bible says those things can be known to us. There is a, an order of truth and reality that's settled that's to do with God himself. But then the second really important thing it says is this. Because just by saying that, it, it, it could seem quite distant from us. I'm talking of an order of truth and reality. That sounds really vague, doesn't it? We want to know, is there a God there? What's he like? Has he got a face? Can I see him? Can I know him? The Bible tells us that the God who is there, who always was there, we want to know what he's like. We can't rest on our own ingenuity. Capable as we might be to be very inventive and creative. And we can look at certain things and observe a certain amount and draw certain conclusions. Often they're right, sometimes they're wrong. Because sometimes we twist them and we're only interested in ourselves and so on. But we want to know the truth. That the truth is out there about this God. He's revealed certain things to us. We can make certain educated guesses about him. But it's more than that. The Bible tells us that this God has come in person into the world... And does have a face. Is knowable. Let me read you the paragraph that I started uh, reading from in in John's first letter. That which was from the beginning. Okay, it predates us. It's it's the original. the, The eternally existing God. That which was from the beginning. And then John says, which we've heard. Which we've seen with our eyes. Which we've looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The word appeared, the life appeared. We've seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. A lot of words there, I suppose, but let me try and condense there what John is saying. He's saying that that God was in the beginning. He's not made up. We've not made him up. He is is his own person. He is the, the great reality of God. But what's he like? Is he distant? Is he far from us? Can he be known life appeared god has been seen and john says we 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 saw this life and we handled it we touched it we observed with our own eyes we were in the company of this life and you might want to say well who's he talking about well the great claim of the new testament is that god is made present and god is made personal to us in jesus of nazareth that was the great claim that jesus makes for himself that was the great claim which The disciples who followed Jesus came to understand as the claim he was making and they understood that was the reality about him. That's what John is saying here. John, one of the disciples of Jesus, we saw, we we, we touched, we were with, we observed with our own eyes. And we understand that the life, the life that was with the Father eternally has appeared. When we say, look, we can't make God up for ourselves because we'll go astray, because we're... We're twisted in one way or another in our hearts and if we're humble enough, we'll recognize that if there is a God or gods, it's too big for us to be able to make up. We're dealing there in the order of, of truth that has to be outside of us and it has to be revealed to us. Where do we find this truth? Where do we find this reality? The Bible says we discover it in Jesus. God is accessible in Jesus of Nazareth. That was quite a quite a claim for him to make and and, and quite a a claim that a lot of people in his day didn't want to handle, couldn't handle. But you might say this afternoon, and we'll close with this, yeah, but lots of religions make that kind of claim. They don't all say that God has come into the world in, in the way that the Bible does in terms of Jesus. But you might say, well, you haven't really told me anything new. All I'm taking away from this afternoon is we can't just make up our own idea of God, which is fair enough. You've maybe brought me on a little bit this afternoon. I'm thinking now okay so it's not just what I think it it does have to be something that's revealed to me but I'm looking around the world and I'm seeing all sorts of different religions and they're all making claims and they're competing claims and probably most of them are saying we've not made this up this is what's been delivered to us this is what's been told us where do I go from there in some ways that's another talk and maybe we've already given some kind of uh, lead on that on certain big question uh, afternoons but Let me just try and handle that one in closing this afternoon. How do you choose between those claims? In a sense, how do you choose between anything in this life? How do you choose between, I don't know, different washing powders? Um, I won't go with washing powders. I haven't got a clue. So um, different brands of toothpaste. You you go down to Tesco's uh, and there's a a whole shelf of them. Well, which one should you go for? Do you just go for the one that has the nicest advert on telly? Well, you might choose to do that. But what you'll do is you, you're going to weigh up the claims that are being made. You're going to weigh up: does this fit with reality as I understand it? If one of those is making the claim that if if you use this toothpaste, then, you know, a bit like some of you will remember the high karate adverts in the seventies, that was um, that was aftershave for for those who don't remember it or, or denim. Then you know the, the the adverts were saying every woman in town will be on you like a shot. Well, if the people are making the toothpaste and forgive a kind of ridiculous example if they were saying that's going to be the reality for you it's not just going to freshen your mouth it's going to freshen your whole spirit and and the whole approach to life that you take well if that's what they're claiming you need to look at that claim and say does that fit with reality (laughs) does it really is that what life is like the different religions in the world and and lack of religions are all saying to us and the bible is making similar claims look this is what life is like This is reality. This is what God is like, and in a sense, it's it's not a consumerist approach. But you do have to say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at that, and I'm gonna test that. I'm gonna ask certain questions of that. Does it really fit with how I see life in this world? Does it really fit with my experience of life in this world? Does it make sense? And then I'm going to ask others who've actually used that product. I'm going to sit them down and say, look, you've used that toothpaste. Tell me, has your life changed so dramatically? And if they say, no, that, that's just an advertising ploy. It, it, it'll clean your teeth, and that's about it. Make sure you clean them twice a day. That'll stave off heart disease, they're telling us now. But, but really, it's much the same as the next toothpaste that you might buy. And you would say, fair enough, thanks. I'm going to go for the cheap one. You ask yourself, does it help me to start make sense of how I experience life in the world? And others who have taken that route, I'm going to say to them, does it work? Is it really adding up? Is it helping you make sense of life? Is it something which is changing you? So what I want to say at the end to close is, is this. Can we just say whatever we want about God? Can we make up a God of our own uh, designs and so on? Of, of course you can. But actually that may not be the truth. It will probably be very far away from the truth. Because we're very selfish and we're very limited. We do need God to be revealed to us. But we're too small to be able to make up... If there is a God, we're too small to make him up for ourselves. But where do I go to find out about him? With all these competing claims, what I'm saying is the Bible tells us he's there. We know him in Jesus of Nazareth and we can discover all we need to know about him in what we find in the Bible. You might say, well, that's fair enough to say, but then there's all these other claims as well. Where are you to go from there? Ask yourself the question, does it give me hope? Does it make sense of how I am when it tells me that I do things that are wrong and I feel guilt and shame? And I need to be put right. And I need someone to make me right. Does what the Bible tell us about Jesus and what he came to do. Does that answer. Does it begin to address that kind of question. Life is meaningless. All the suffering in this world. And then there's death. Does this message of this book tell me. That there is an answer. That there is a solution. That there is. There can be something beyond death. There can be real hope. Ask yourself. Does it make sense of reality as we experience it. And ask other people. Who put their trust in Jesus of Nazareth. Ask them, But does it work? That sounds fairly crass and consumeristic, but what I'm saying is ask them, have they found that it really is true? That this Jesus whom they've trusted, that it's not just that he's made a great boastful claim in the Bible and that their experience is pretty empty. Ask them, is it really true? I trust that you'll find that what they'll say to you is, it is really true, in in ways beyond their, their, their expectation and their hopes.